Law enforcement suicides are at an all-time high right now. One of the causes is poor leadership within the law enforcement profession. Nick, the host of the Roll Call Room podcast, has written a book, Police Mental Barricade, A Survivor's Guide to Poor Law Enforcement Leadership. This book is a raw and powerful look into suicide and how poor leadership decisions contribute to law enforcement suicides. Buy the book now at mentalhealthbarricade.com and stop the stigma. The Path The Warpath A path of war Moving toward a battle A fight towards war The actual war against our nation's enemies Or the war Against my own weaknesses and and sharpening my sword and honing my skills and maintaining the unmitigated daily discipline in all things where does it lead it, it can lead to war and that's fine in fact I am waiting and I am ready because the warpath is a war against weakness and so it leads to strength it's a war against ignorance and so it leads to knowledge it's a war against confusion Delivers understanding. The warpath leads to control and leads to ownership of your life. And that is the warpath. The path of fire and adversity. The path of blood and of sweat and of suffering. Preeminent path of discipline, which is why it leads to freedom. And beyond that, in the end, it leads to peace. You're listening to the podcast that changed the game. And rocked an entire profession. And rocked an entire profession. Talking about shit in law enforcement that keeps poor leaders up at night. When others run scared and hide behind fake policies, the Roll Call Room podcast tells it like it is. No bullshit. No matter how hard these thieves try, we keep killing it. And now, here are your hosts, Nick and Mike.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Roll Call Room Podcast. Good to see everybody again. How's everybody been? Man, a lot has changed since being on last. It's been quite a while. Happy to be back, folks. It's been a long road. And very, very happy to be back. How's everybody been doing? How have y'all been handling things? How's life been? It's been crazy. It's been crazy, folks. Um, So I'm just going to jump right into it. Uh, Happy to be back. The Roll Call Room podcast is happy to be back. A lot of stuff uh, going on behind the scenes. Some surprises uh, we've got planned. but most importantly, we are back. Uh, had to disappear for uh, for a little bit. Had a lot of stuff going on. Um, closed our coffee shop. Uh, was a huge success. Uh, but ultimately, um, some things like uh, supply chain issues and stuff like that. But uh, the good thing is, is the brand will live on. Uh, so that was sold off, which was great. Um, and, uh, I still enjoy coffee very, very much. Um, and, uh, changed, moved again. Um, last time I was on, uh, I was in the middle of moving to another house and then I just moved to a different house. So, um, that if you've ever gone through moving, uh, you know how much of an absolute pain in the ass that is. Um, and of course, uh, changed jobs, left the government, uh, and uh, got this uh, really awesome job. Uh, I'd like to say where, but um, I'm not going to. Uh, but just rest assured, it's a fantastic place. Uh, and a lot of stuff that I will talk about going forward on this podcast will be uh, related to uh, where I am. Uh, just about the leadership, um, just the difference in leadership from law enforcement uh, and going into the private sector. Uh, so big, big adjustments, uh, positive adjustments, and uh, it really will come into play when we talk about law enforcement leadership or lack of leadership. Um, so that's another thing. Uh, we're going to bring back some of our old guests that we had on, which uh built the Roll Call Room podcast, some of our favorites like Lieutenant Colonel Grossman. Um, uh, We'll have Ernie back on. We'll have uh, quite a few bunch of people, uh, but that's not even the big surprises. Uh, We've got a lot, a lot of stuff planned, um, and I'm super, super excited. Um, Also in the middle of writing my 12th book, which is volume two of uh, Police Mental Barricade. 
this one's taking quite a lot longer than the first one, um, mostly because um, uh, free time is <laughs> very spare uh, these days. So, um, which is good, which is very, very good. Um, and then, of course, uh, there was a lot of self-care that needed to happen behind the scenes. Uh, it got to the point where uh, I felt like the podcast was really going in the direction of just um, nothing but um, animosity towards uh, my old agency. And that confessed her after a while. That went on for, wow, almost uh, two week, uh, almost two years, or, or it was two years. And... Um, uh, those of you that have been with us since the beginning, you know the backstory, so I'm not going to bore you with it. Uh, but um, once my old police chief was removed uh, and left, uh, I pretty much just disconnected from anything to do with that agency. Uh, now, I will tell you this, is, is that I, I have a lot of new people um, that uh, reach out from my old agency um, that are, are, you know, give me information and tell me how terrible things still are. Um, but, um, you know, you have to have faith that things are going to get better. Um, I think there's a, 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 a big change in law enforcement as a whole that needs to happen. We'll talk about that. Um, but more importantly, uh, a lot of the folks reached out and um, it really hit home uh, after the my former chief left how much uh, that was going on, uh, and the bad morale and, and just, um, you know, the mass exodus, um, when somebody leaves, you realize that they were the cause of that. Um, so felt good to get those kind of calls. Uh, I got a couple of phone calls from folks that were forced out like, like myself, uh, seeking advice and, and asking how to, uh, how to go about things. And um, I have to say, because I'm in a different position now, because time has gone on, uh, I've even surprised myself with my response, uh, which is be cautious about, um, you know, what your um, what your need to have closure is. Is it needing closure for yourself, or is it needing closure to make others believe uh, the truth? And if it's the latter of the two, um, then you're going down a dangerous road. And I can tell you, um, I know what that's like because that's exactly what I did. I spent a long period of time trying to convince people of what the truth was. And then it just gets to the point where you're just like, what does it fucking matter? Like, who cares? Um, I don't talk to these folks anymore. I've, I've, uh, I've run into them, uh, a couple of times, uh, during my day to day shopping with the family and everything. And it's, and it's always super awkward. Um, when you, when you run into somebody that, uh, you used to work with and, and not a, a good relationship with them. Uh, but the, but the plus side of it is, uh, they still have to adhere to, uh, conduct, uh, conduct becoming of an officer, meaning you can't, you can't really say very much to me off duty. Uh, but I'm not hold, I'm not held to that, that, uh, that same standard. So it's fun for me. Uh, I enjoy giving them the middle finger. <laughs> uh, I, env- I enjoy, uh, publicly shaming them. Um, I do enjoy all that stuff. Um, but it's not no longer out of a need. Uh, it doesn't come from anger. It's more of just funny. 
uh, I just find it funny. Uh, and it makes me laugh. So, <laughs> uh, and I've learned over the last couple of months that, that really honestly, um, uh, that's who you really, really need to be concerned with is, is what your self-care is and, 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 and how you're doing mentally. Um, and for a long period of time, I think um, I would say probably six to eight months of the last uh, recordings of the Roll Call Room podcast, uh, I just wasn't there. Um, I, I enjoyed doing the episodes. I really thoroughly enjoyed, um, taping them and coming up with cool content. Um, but it really was just, um, a replacement. Um, I wasn't really handling any of the, uh, things that I was going through, like depression. And, um, you know, I was at a job that, that I was, um, happy to have working for the government. I'm, I'm very happy to, to, to serve, uh, but it wasn't in the capacity of a law enforcement officer anymore, but, um, it was working for the government, but it wasn't rewarding for me. It wasn't something that I can see myself doing, uh, for 20 years, like, uh, or 20, 30 years, like being a police officer. And, um, you know, so the, I had that when the, when the podcast wasn't going on, I was more miserable than anything because, um, you know, my work life, I hated, I hated going into work, uh, but it wasn't the same kind of hate going into work, uh, like the last uh, couple of years in law enforcement. It was more of not, um, living up to my potential, not, um, not really, uh, excelling the way I wanted to, uh, and not utilizing any of the skills that I acquired, um, while I was in law enforcement. And for me, it, it kind of brought a lot of depression because, uh, it just reinforced that I left law enforcement and I didn't get anything better. I actually felt like I had taken a step backwards. Um, and then internally I kept on thinking to myself, you know, Hey, they won, you know, they got what they wanted. They kicked me out and um, I'm not doing as good as I, I was. And, um, that took a huge, huge toll. And then I buried myself in the podcast and then writing books, which I absolutely enjoy writing books. Um, they may not be edited correctly they may not have the best spelling. Um, but I enjoy writing them. Um, and I thoroughly enjoy, uh, the reviews online of folks that, uh, review the book and they're like, uh, this guy should have spent a lot more time editing the book. Um, I always makes me chuckle, chuckle because if you're reading a, a book written by any real good beat cop, uh, if you're, if you're expecting, you know, like a, a Stephen King novel with, uh, you know, big words and, and, and grammar that's correct. Uh, my books, my books are not the books that you should be reading quite honestly. So, uh, I did enjoy, uh, I, I do enjoy reading those. Uh, I refrain from commenting back. Um, and, uh, for, for quite a few reasons, because it got to the point, um, when I was at my government job and, you know, things weren't going so great. Um, anger just started to fill up my life. And, uh, the, then this job that I'm at right now, um, which was a huge Hail Mary. Like when I put in for this job, um, it was one of those jobs where I, I found it on, um, uh, indeed. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm never going to get this fucking job. Like this just job is like, 
you know, like I meet some of the criteria, but not all of it. But like, um, this is my dream job. This, I can see myself excelling at, I can see myself contributing, uh, and utilizing a lot of the law enforcement stuff that I learned. And so I put in for it and, um, uh, took like, I want to say five or six months. And I remember getting a phone call for a phone, uh, interview, which was the first part of the process. And I actually remember uh, saying to myself that I thought it was a scam uh, because it just from the time that the phone interview, it was so inviting. It was so um, it was everything that I, I, I wish that law enforcement was. It was a genuine kindness um, and it was a genuine like we want the we want the best people working for us. And and this is who we are. Uh, and that might sound corny, but um, quite honestly, it was really what I was looking for. And just like, you know, putting in for law enforcement, you know, each step, each each step of the way, each part of the process to get hired, um, you know, you, you start to doubt yourself. You start to doubt whether or not you're going to get it. And, um, you know, each part of the process got more and more difficult. And I would even vent, venture to say that the hiring process for, the, for where I am right now was way more complicated and way harder than than putting in for law enforcement. Uh, and I know some of you are going to be listening to this. You're sitting in your cruiser or your car and you're like, ah, oh, there's no fucking way. But yes, fucking way. And the reason being is, is that uh, it's a company that really, really emphasizes on good leaders. Um, and it's really, really fucking hard to find them. Um, you know, and then it's easy to find paper leaders. It's easy to find people that on their resume, um, you know, it's 14 fucking pages long and they've got, you know, degrees up the, up the wazoo. And I think I've talked about this on, uh, in a, a couple of episodes. I know a lot of folks that have master's degrees and they're fucking idiots. Um, a master's degree does not make you brilliant. It doesn't make you a genius. Uh, yes, it gives you a lot of knowledge and, um, teaches you things that other people don't know, but it does not make you a leader. Um, uh, so for me, it was, it was eye opening and it was encouraging because I kept making it through each part of the, of the process because, um, I had met the criteria that they were looking for. And I remember, uh, remember like waiting and waiting for, for, to see if I got it. And um, I remember the, the day that I got the call, um, they uh, they called me. They set up a call. That was the weirdest part was is they uh, they were like, hey, we're going to call you at 3 o'clock. Let's say it was like noon. Like, we're going to call you at 3 o'clock and discuss your, your interview. That was the, like the most nerve-wracking three hours of my life. Um, and then, of course, I went on, <laughs> went on Google and I started looking up. I was like, you know, if they ask uh, for, for you, you know, if they schedule a phone call, does that mean you got it or you didn't get it? And of course, Google, you know, fucks with you. 50% says, you know, you didn't get the job and 50% say, uh, you know, that's a good sign. Um, but I remember I was, I was living in a house that I was miserable at. I was at a job that I was miserable at. So this was really a real crossroad. And then the, the podcast was kind of fizzling out and not fizzling out as in the listenership because the listenership has always been high. It just had fizzled out because it had gotten to the point where it was more 
um, I felt that uh, I wasn't being true to the original mission of the Roll Call Room podcast, which was uh, mental health and and um, you know re- really discussing the issues. And um, I made the decision to kind of put it on hold until that can kind of get buttoned up. Um, and the phone call happened, and they offered me a position. And not only did they offer me a position, but it was far beyond my wildest dreams uh, what the position was and, and the benefits package and all of that stuff. So I really think that that was the pivotal point in my life where things just kind of started uh, started really going up. Um, I felt a sense of pride. I felt a sense of being part of something very, very big. Um, the same way I felt when I first joined the police department, I felt like um, I was doing something uh, for a good cause. I thought I was doing something that was a, contributing to the to the the big machine. Um, the only difference was that um, I can tell right away that the um, the leadership within this organization. Uh, far exceeded any of my expectations, and I really didn't know uh, how right I was until uh, I started um, because I, I work with uh, some of the most smartest people I've ever worked with before, um, and it's a very, very unique dynamic because, uh, and I say it a lot uh, to my coworkers, I wish that this organization and law enforcement would uh, would integrate um, because uh, law enforcement can learn <laughs> quite a lot about leadership. Um, and I also say quite a lot that um, if half of the leaders, I would say even more than half the, the leaders, I would say probably 90% of the leaders uh, attempted to go through um, this interview process they would not make it um, because of their their quote unquote leadership style, uh, which is more of a dictatorship, more of a positional equity leader. Uh, and those of you that have not listened to uh, other podcasts or have read read my books, positional equity is is basically when I will only do for you um, something uh, where the end result ultimately benefits me. Uh, or I will hold um, my help that I'm going to give you over your head uh, and cash it in, like cash it in as a uh, as a token later on. Uh, so I can hold this thing over your head as long as I want. And that's just not the case in the organization that I'm with. And it blew me away because um, it is seriously all about uh, helping each other and having the same goal, which is... is if I only worry about me um, and I don't help other people that need help, um, we're never going to get to the to the finish line. Um, and you do, just don't see that very much, especially in law enforcement, because it's more of like, well, I'm not going to tell um, I'm not going to tell Mary how to do this because you know, I look better by knowing it and she doesn't. Uh, so I'm a more superior officer. Uh, by doing that. And that's that could be nothing further from the truth. Um, and there were a lot of other things which I'll talk about as, uh, you know, the podcast goes on. Um, but it was a very, very good move. Uh, and then 
um, you know, I went over there and I've been working over there for quite a while now. Um, and the idea of starting the podcast up uh, kept coming up uh, every once in a while. Um, and then the dynamics of the podcast, of who would be on the podcast, how would we do the podcast? Those were things that I thought about. And I really um, struggled with how how we would bring it back. How what, what would the Roll Call Room podcast look like? Um, and, uh, you know, one of the surprises that will come later on um, just happened at the right time. Um, and, um, you know, it was, uh, it was very unique because it started as a, as a message, uh, between two people and, um, taught me a lot about, uh, how time changes everything. Uh, what you were, what you would dig your heels in, in the ground for, and what was your, um, absolute, um, you know, standard that you would stick to, um, changes over time. Um, and, and I almost say it should with mature maturity. Um, and I'd, I'd like to say that I think two years has definitely, uh, made me a lot more mature. Um, doesn't mean that I'm, uh, mature in any way. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and we will see that as this uh, show continues. Uh, but more than anything, I wanted to do the first episode to kind of give you the background of where everything was, where, where, uh, where it stopped, um, and kind of, uh, let you know that, uh, we're back. Uh, we're going to talk about real issues going on within law enforcement. We're going to highlight good leaders. We're going to highlight some bad decisions within law enforcement. Uh, some that are old news, some that are, um, current events, um, and that's just how we do it because, um, you know, the show pretty much has ADHD. So, um, you know, we can't stay on one one topic and stay current. So, but uh, more than anything, what we wanted to do is we wanted to open it up and start having folks uh, that listen to the show, that have listened to the show for a very long time, uh, come on to the show. So um, we're going to give an opportunity for folks like you that are listening right now uh, to come on to the show. Uh, and of course, if you, you're with a law enforcement agency, your secrecy is, is very important to us. Uh, we've done it in the past, but we've had folks on here with alias uh, names and, and other things to conceal their identity. Um, we in no way want you to get, you know, tricked up uh, with some of the stuff going on. So um, you can reach out, uh, Nick at rollcallroom.com, reach out, uh, tell me that you want to be on the show, uh, and we can get you on, uh, just bear in mind, it may not be, uh, like tomorrow because, <laughs> uh, we've lined up a lot of, uh, a lot of guests, a lot of people that, uh, I'm intrigued to catch up with and see where they are and how their life has gone. Um, so those are things that are going on, uh, and, um, you know, we'll be up to our old shenanigans again, uh, and, uh, things will, uh, things will be very, very interesting on the Roll Call Run podcast, but more importantly, um, you know, uh, thanks for sticking with us. Um, I know it's like having a, um, 
a crazy family member. Um, so uh, you all are, are like our family. So uh, with that, uh, like I said, um, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and uh, we'll continue our uh, first episode back. Welcome back. With me is Logan. Logan, how are you, buddy? How's everything going? It's been forever. Dude, I'm doing fantastic. I was just on you? your show last week, which sparked uh, wanting to get the get the podcast up and running again, man. So uh, grease the wheels for you. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Um, great intro. I enjoy uh, that song because it'll get red flagged. Um, and, uh, I'll have to remove it cause Jay-Z does not like his music, uh, used so weird. for podcasts. It's so fucking stupid. At, well, at all. Like he's, he's not on, is he on iTunes? Um, is he on Spotify? No, he is not on iTunes. That's the, uh, on Spotify. He's not on Spotify. Oh, he's on, he's on iTunes. He's on iTunes. But I think, I don't think it's his stuff though. Yeah. It's Linkin Park that he did like. Oh, no, the, the Black Album's on here and the Blueprint. No, it's all on it's here. On I thought he wasn't on there anymore. Interesting. Every time I've posted a song in the podcast that's gotten flagged, so... Oh, yeah. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. So, how you been, Mud? Bud, has life been? Um, been out of law enforcement for uh, a year now, right? Yeah, just over a year. How's it feeling? I, you know, I got asked the other day. This echo is going to kill me. <laughs> I got asked the other day how i felt about it and they, they asked me if i missed it and i immediately turned around with not one second yeah yeah i you know it as time that's goes always on, my answer yeah i think as time goes on um and then when you see stuff in the in the news i think it becomes more and more where you're just like fuck man like i got out at the right time for for sure yeah and i think uh I think more and more, I think departments are, are, are really, really struggling right now to, to put asses in seats at the academy. Um, it's funny, before, or earlier today, I was having a conversation with, uh, with my wife and a friend of hers uh, who uh, didn't complete the first uh, time through the academy. Um, she failed out through firearms, not my wife, her friend. And the department was like, hey, listen, we're going to put you through a second time. 
And so she passed the second time and then she stayed for a year in the agency and it was just taking a huge mental toll on her. So she wound up resigning. Well, they just served her with paperwork, civil paperwork, uh, the other day to pay back her academy uh, oh. at the cost of $22,000. And I'd love to know from folks out there, fans that listen to this show, if their agency does that shit too, where you've got to pay back your academy. Is that something in your area that you've seen them do? Or you know, it doesn't strike me as a good recruiting it. tool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, I think I've heard of that happening yeah. in Indiana, but I don't know any firsthand stories. It's I, I think it's and that was the discussion that I had with my wife this morning. I said that's the worst fucking recruiting tool because they're making them sign like a three year commitment. And like what if it doesn't work out for you? Like what if you get hurt? What if Yeah. What if you become disabled? What if you go out on medical? I'm sure that there's there's some sort of clause in there because I know that the like you know there's sign on bonuses and yeah. uh, you know bonuses when it comes to laterals yeah. and all that and it's you know they'll get like a ten thousand dollar payout over a period of five years or whatever but you have to make sure that you stay on for five years or you right. have to pay it back. Right. But as far as like academy costs and everything, I've never heard of that. I I don't. I don't understand that. Could you imagine them doing that like in the military? Like, it's like, we're going to need that boot camp money back. Like, you sign change. your life away for that yeah, more than like, law enforcement, though. It's like, uh, but it just shocked me because it reminded me one of how absolutely fucking insane the jurisdiction that I came from. And that was the sheriff side of the business. It wasn't the police side, but the police mm. side does the same thing. They do a two year commitment. And they actually do go after people because I've had folks call me and be like, hey, you know, I just got served. And I was like, I'd go to fucking court, man. I'd go to yeah. court. Um, this is one of those times that the anti-cop movement is on your side uh, because these judges are pretty much like <laughs> sticking it to the fucking cops. So this is your chance, man. This is your chance to be like, hey, listen, you know, this agency wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And um and, and I think the other thing is, is why keep somebody that doesn't want to be there? Like, what if yeah, they change that, their mind now and they're like, all right, fuck it. Uh, I've got, what, eight months left to go? I'll come back. Well, they just want a body. And that's scary, man. That's just super, super fucking scary, man. Like, well, it's like we were talking about that, like that meme that's like, you know, you got to come meet the new recruits and it's the fucking island boys. <laughs> it's, I, I mean, it's it's true. You You look at some of these younger kids and it's like we used to fight over positions yeah in law enforcement like i mean you would have a hundred guys show up yeah and there'd be two spots yeah and you know we talked about it when i when i appeared on your show uh there was a picture on um instagram or facebook i can't remember which one and it was the chicago police department one of the largest yeah. police departments in the country and they showed a picture of their new recruits and i was blown away because it was it was like 16 of them. It was like 16. And, um, man, I remember back in the day, there was a waiting list to get on uh, Chicago and NYPD. And in oh, my yeah. jurisdiction, when they held a test, um, shit, mine was held at a college auditorium because there was so many people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy shit, I'm never going to get fucking hired. Aside from 
all the other fucking problems I had, but mostly because of the numbers. And now the folks that show up are just like 10, if you're lucky, if you're lucky. Um, and in my jurisdiction, what they used to do is they used to have an officer stand outside the door before you went in to take the test and like run your driver's license. And we had like, <laughs> we, we had two people that were fucking wanted, bro. It was oh fucking hilarious. It was hilarious. You go there to go take your police exam and you're like, uh, yes, I'm going uh, to take this police exam. And they're like, oh, okay. And, let me get damn stuff. and they're like, um, why don't you come over here to our special waiting room? <laughs> and you're like, uh, uh, special waiting room. Um, we're going to do a practical. Uh, we're going to put these cuffs on you. And um, and you're going to bend over and cough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's they, like that. Uh, oh, they did something like it was like a fake. Uh, sweepstakes where people yes. had won the lottery or whatever yes. and it was really people with warrants <laughs> yeah so i you know uh bringing this show back i started putting feelers out because i want to start getting some of the original fans that were were part of the show and we had talked before um the show kind of went on a, hi- a hiatus you know you'll be on as a as a co-host uh from time to time. And yeah, this is my first official. I know this is the first official. Co-host. You got a cartoon. Uh, so you are official. Uh, but, so, bro, this is going to blow your fucking mind. So the, one of the people that reached out to me on uh, Instagram, this guy was in, um, I think it was four or five cops episodes from the 1990s. Oh, my God. I cannot fucking wait to talk the to original the og have you ever seen the episode I was, with, I was about to say is it the first guy that racks the shotgun oh, it's my fucking favorite episode <laughs> i that episode gets me the jillies in me so bad bro like <laughs> i watched that episode i have it saved on my youtube account it is the greatest episode of all time and folks if you have not seen it go on youtube and just search cops original episode shotgun it's so bad it's so bad like if you did that now your sergeant would meet you out on the street and take everything from you they're pursuing this car i think it was a stolen car right or a robbery i think it's something like that something yeah. like, it was something weird like maybe even questionable today whether or not we would pursue for that um but it's a two-man car and the passenger like rolls down the window. They're side by side with the suspect's car, which is insane when it comes to like ta- tactics and shit. And uh, the passenger un- unhooks the shotgun in between them, rocks it, <laughs> and holds it out the window while they're going. Let's just give them even fifty miles an hour, which is definitely yeah, fifty, right? And racks it and points it at the driver and has some choice words. They bleep it, of course, but I'm sure it was in the lines of like, pull the fuck over or else I'm going to, you know, and they aired it. And I remember being a kid watching that. Like, I remember being a kid and being like, that's fucking what I want to do. Like, that's (laughs) that's what I want to do between that die hard. And Lethal Weapon and Beverly Hills Cop, that's what I wanted to do. You know, people always forget that that Lethal Weapon, the first one, 
is a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. Because that opening I'll scene. Somebody. I'll fight somebody and says it's not. And then yeah. not only that, um, Murtaugh's house is all decked out in Christmas uh, Christmas right. gear. Yeah. And um, I think I think that movie's freaking awesome. And I hope that they make another one now that Mel Gibson has been forgiven or semi-forgiven. And before yeah, but I, him I and think, Danny uh, Glover die. Danny Glover. He can do it. He can do it. it you know, uh, the smart thing to do is to do a movie where they hand it off, like what Top Gun did. You know, like newer, younger generation mm-hmm. hand it off, but it's got to be done right. Because remember, they tried to do that with Chris Rock in the fourth Lethal Weapon, and it kind of didn't work. He really kind of came yeah. off really annoying. Like, it just, it was too annoying. So Yeah, whole- I, I don't know. I, I feel like they did too many of them whereas top gun just had that one and then 30 years later 40 years later yeah 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 they came out with a sequel so that that's yeah. why it worked yeah I, I mean beverly hills cop is doing a new one on yeah, I heard netflix that. straight to netflix so oh really uh yeah because um eddie murphy signed like this massive fucking deal where he's going to do the first stand up special in like he's actually doing a stand-up yeah, special. Yeah, it's an hour long. They paid him. I think the, I think they paid him something in the three hundred million, like Dave Chappelle Dude. money. And but his stand-up is, is like untouchable. But here's the thing: he's been off. He's been off the stage for over thirty years, and he ain't working the clubs. So, you know, he's the he's a goat. But you know, hopefully, he's out there. He's testing material. He's back. He's got to be. I hope so because man, he was. He murdered it in the. In yeah, I mean, the red you, you hear like Rogan talk about him. You hear Chappelle talk about him. Yeah, and saying how like he was so fast. Yeah, his mind was just lightning fast, and and he's up there with Richard Pryor yep, yep. and Robin Williams when it came to just the hardcore like yep. stand up comedy, the originators of it, captivating. Yes. Bill Cosby before his whole thing, very captivating. He, I saw him. Did you? It, yeah, in. Uh, in prison 2012 i oh, think oh oh okay wasn't like he was hilarious shot. i oh. mean it, it was yeah it was oh, no, before the trials tape, yeah all of his tape stuff he's funny fucking guy like oh yeah he could tell Fantastic. a story like like jim gaffigan jim gaffigan's mm-hmm. another one he could tell a story jim gaffigan doesn't curse his stuff isn't dirty um, that, yeah, but the whisper voice gets annoying. Yeah, it does. It does. I saw him live. Uh, I saw yeah. him live, and 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 he was very very funny. I've seen my man is is um, Tom Segura. I love the guy. Oh, Tom Segura. He yeah, he makes me die laughing. He puts videos out all the time on on his social media. It could be like two minutes long, and I die laughing. Um, when he broke his, did you see when he broke his arm? Oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, was, I I like the uh, the Two Bears One Cave podcast. I love that podcast. Love yeah. Two Bears. Tom Segura was just in South Bend not too long ago. I've seen. And it, I've we seen him. I opted instead of going to see him, we we went and saw the Hodge Twins. I, I saw. Uh, my wife got me tickets to see Tom, uh, and he was getting ready for his Netflix special. Oh, this is even better. Uh, this is my ADHD. So I took my daughter to go see uh, Nick Kroll. You know what Nick Kroll is, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he created uh, the show Big Mouth, which is fucking hilarious. Guy that plays every rat-based lawyer in yeah, every movie yeah, ever. Yeah, and so I went to his Netflix taping in D.C., so it's coming out in two weeks. Oh, nice. And I got fucking tickets, like, right close. 
So like every time the camera came over and they, I've never been to a Netflix taping before. Yeah. And, uh, somebody comes out and they're like, listen, don't look at the, don't look at the uh, cameras. Uh, don't get up and go, go to the restroom or go get drinks in the middle of the jokes. It was a really cool experience because he would like go to tell a joke and he would screw the joke up and he would go, hold on. I'm sorry, folks. I'm going to start that over again and then tell the joke again so that they can record it. It was a yeah. really cool experience. Really, really cool. And it was funny as fuck, too. Not, Dude, Nick Kroll's good. Yeah. He's not Dave Chappelle and 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 Segura and uh, and Burt Kreischer, uh, Kreischer, but I'd like to say his name wrong all the time. Um, yeah. Uh, not as funny as them. Uh, Chappelle is like, man, I could listen to that guy talk forever, man. Forever. I would pay a lot of money to go see Dave Chappelle. Yeah. And, and he's smart, man. He's just he's oh, such yeah. a smart dude. And that comes from his mother. Uh, comes from his mother. Uh, I don't know if you saw on. Um, that's right. You canceled Netflix. Uh, I did. But he he got the Mark Twain Award. Um, and he, uh, his speech during the accepting that award was just phenomenal. And then when the whole controversy came with the closer, um, at the same time, the high school that he was going, that he went to in DC wanted to name the auditorium after him. And it was a lot of pushback. Some of the students didn't want that to happen. The public didn't want it to happen. And Netflix, like under the radar, put a Netflix special out. Uh, with him uh, at the school and at the end of it I don't want to ruin it for anybody but it's it's very very well put together and the guy is just very very smart um, and I think the problem that we have now in this country is is that um, you can't be funny and you can't make fun of things um, and, and it's it's sad it's a sad like we're in a weird See, the the problem is is that people have that attitude is oh no you, you can't say that it's like yes you can yes you you need to just you need to say things this whole pc culture and everything that comes from communism yes political correctness does because it's the right speech yep. quote unquote and it's like you know people get so frustrated my my wife gets frustrated when i bring up politics and you know they they, they always talk about how you know there's couple things you shouldn't talk about with new people and one of them is always politics and it's like why yeah why can't we have discourse and have conversations about it so if i can laugh at myself mm. and make fun of myself i can make fun of you you can make fun of me we can all laugh about it and have a good time and move on because yeah. you know chris delia the uh the stand-up comedian he has a great joke about it because he's like you know the best thing about stand-up comedians is when we say stuff and it offends you the best thing is we're joking yeah and it's like that's so true like just it, you're just having a good time you're just having a laugh and moving on stop wanting to be offended people wake up every single day and want to be a professional victim about something and it's like just get over yourself and move on i cancel culture man like you get canceled over everything like i think what it is and speaking to what what you said i think a lot of it has to do with is if i can't change your mind to agree with me then I'm going to cancel you or and in a work setting, it's harassment. If you don't agree with me or we have a disagreement about politics and you don't come on my side, like I didn't convince you to come on my side, then it's harassment. There's 
it's okay to disagree with people. It's okay to have two different views. And I can't remember who the comedian was that said out. I think it was Tom Segura. And he was like, it's, you have every right to be uh, offended. Just like I have every right to offend you. That's the, that's the way that America is built. And it just astounds me that a guy like, you know, Chappelle and some of these other folks that, that got canceled. And a lot of them are coming full circle now. Now a lot of them that got wrongfully canceled are coming around um, and, and, and they're, they're flourishing, which I'm so, so happy about. Um, but it's nowhere near over, man. Like it, it oh, is no. like it, it's, it, it far exceeds like what we experience uh, or, or we had experienced when we were in law enforcement, we did these podcasts where you were like, you know, watch your P's and Q's. Don't, don't say where you work. Uh, you know, make sure you're not talking about politics. Like make sure you're not talking about race. And, and I remember on the earlier seasons, uh, like the first season with, with Mike, we didn't, we specifically stayed away from politics and we specifically mm-hmm. stayed away from the third rail conversations of race because we knew that a lot of folks weren't in a good place where they could sit there and listen to the opposition and go, yeah, I, I see some of your point of view. I don't agree with all of it, but I see some of your point of view and I'm glad that, that I listened and I, and we had an open dialogue. It ain't that way. (laughs) It's not that way, man. It's, it's more of like you either agree with my way or you're canceled. Um, and social See, media has a lot to do with I don't think it that. really is anymore. You don't? I think the you cancel think culture around? thing is, I think it is. I, I, think I hope it, so. Because I hope you're right. I don't think it should, I don't think it should be there at all. Oh, no, I agree with you. I agree. It, it, I agree. It, well, the problem is, is that, you know, people from, the, you know, the right side of the spectrum, oh, let's cancel them. No. No. You're doing the exact thing that you were pissed off about. Yeah. I, I you know, we, we can't do that. We, we, all, all speech should be acceptable. Yeah. When it comes to speaking, you know, if, if we're just going to talk about it like that, but like you, you can't cancel people if you don't like to be canceled. Right. Well, and that's it what doesn't I, make any that's, sense. See, and that's the paradigm. That's, that's kind of what's ironic is, is that a lot of the folks that were canceling people now got canceled themselves because they were hypocrites. Yep. You know, you had folks that were like, um, the one that comes to my mind right away is um, uh, Olivia Wilde. That's the newest one. She was huge into cancel culture and everything. She was married to Jason Stakis, the most sweetest man and gorgeous human being ever chiseled by flesh. Gorgeous. gorgeous. Ted Lasso. And, um, you know, she was painted as this, you know, prim and proper and very, like, wholesome person. And then, like, she was directing a movie and she put it out that uh, Shia LaBeouf, she fired Shia LaBeouf. And um, the guy's had problems, hands down. I, lo- I love him. I, if mm-hmm. you ever have a chance to talk to him, like, not talk to him, Jesus. Um, listen to him on podcasts. Very, very smart dude, man. Very smart, mm-hmm. especially now that he's he's cleaned up. He's no longer an alcoholic. But so she puts it out, the narrative out. She's like, you know, I fired him. I, c- I couldn't put up with his bullshit. And this guy, like... Man, God bless his soul, man. He puts out uh, pictures of text messages of her begging him to come back to the film because he quit um, and all this other stuff. And then it comes out that 
you know, the guy that she was dating, um, uh, some singer, uh, Harry Styles, I think it is, or something like that. All along, what it was was she wanted him to be the the, the leading person. So she gets mm. canceled because of that. Um, and it's stuff like that that's just so ironic. You're just like, <sighs> we got so much stuff going on, man. Like, God. You know, Sh- Shia LaBeouf kind of had a rough run. They had a rough because, childhood, you know, man. starting with with even Stevens and then going into a whole bunch of movies, he, he arguably gives, and, and I've talked about this before. He gives one of the best explanations mm-hmm. of law enforcement. We we've talked about this in the movie fury yes. when he says, wait till you see it. Yes. What a man can do to another man. Oh, and it's like that, that right there. Oh. He, his line delivery was so good in that movie. And did you see uh peanut butter Falcon? No. That one's that? good too. Hold on, I'm writing that down. Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's I think it's like his neighbor or his his brother or his friend is has down syndrome and he gets bullied so he kind of like befriends him and everything. It's a really good movie. I got to check that out. You know, one of my favorite appearances of his is was he on Where Oh, he was on Jin, Jimmy Kimball, I think. It was right after he got arrested in Walgreens in, in Manhattan. Did you ever oh, see Oh, when he's telling a story? Dude, that story. Holy mackerel. There's something to be said about a person that could laugh about something like that and how mm-hmm. fucked up he was. And turn- have, you, have you heard the, the running through the forest from Shia LaBeouf song? No. No. YouTube it. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to look that up. Next episode, you and I do. That's going to be an opener. But the it's guy, a great song. There's like this whole. It's like an opera song about yeah. like waking up in the woods and and it's dark and all of a sudden Shia LaBeouf is there and he's chasing you. <laughs> See, and I love that kind of stuff, man. I just I love people getting creative with that stuff. And you know, you don't see him like getting all pissed off and like he wasn't even pissed off about the the uh, the Olivia Wilde thing. He was more of like, listen, don't don't do that to me, like. Yeah, I'm trying to recover. I'm trying to build my life. I just had a kid. Don't do that to to fuck with my career, um, and make it seem like you're going after easy publicity because your movie is. I mean, in essence, he's like your movie sucks, and yeah. that's your way of bringing attention to it. Um, what well, he was on uh, John Bernthal's podcast recently, Real Ones. Oh yeah, I haven't listened to it yet. By the but way, I've I heard it's just, fantastic. I just found, I just found his podcast, um, uh, John bon, John Bertham, right? Bernthal. Bernthal. So the folks that don't know who he is, he's the guy that played the best Punisher, and allegedly he's going to be the new Punisher for a full length movie. Allegedly. But I just found his podcast, and it it ranks up there with with uh, Jocko Wildick. Um it's it's different though it it's is, conversations it with with i'm gonna say real people and not saying that jocko doesn't have conversations with real people but it's more average people yeah jocko is more of like uh jocko is more of like motivational like i'm actually listening to his audiobook right now a leadership book by jocko which one um it's one that he did in 20 extreme ownership no 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 it wasn't that one a dichotomy of leadership, uh, uh, leadership strategy and tactics. Oh yeah, okay. Very old one. It's I think this is his first one, and I got to tell you, man. When I, I think that one's the sequel to Extreme Ownership. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. yeah. So, 
it's I, not a sequel, but it's dude. Yeah. The first five minutes, uh, the first five minutes of that audio book was fucking powerful because yeah, their their stuff is good. Between him and Leif, yeah. Leif Babin, the the co-author, those books are fantastic. What's the Shia LaBeouf uh, thing called? Uh, Running through the forest from Shia LaBeouf. Running through the forest. I would just YouTube that specifically because I don't remember exactly what it's called. Is it the one with him in the audience in a tuxedo? Okay. Yeah, I got it. I got it. It's the power of the internet, man. Um, (laughs) You're walking in the woods. There's no one around and your phone is dead. We're going to listen to this. Out of the corner of your eye, you spot it. And then we'll be right back, folks. He's following you about 30 feet back. He gets down on all fours and breaks into a sprint. He's gaining on you. Shia LaBeouf. You're looking for your car, but you're all turned around. He's almost upon you now, and you can see there's blood on his face. My God, there's blood everywhere. Running for your life from Shia LaBeouf. He's brandishing a knife. It's Shia LaBeouf. Lurking in the shadows. Hollywood superstar Shia LaBeouf. Living in the woods. Shia LaBeouf. Now it's dark, and you seem to have lost him, but you're hopelessly lost yourself. Stranded with a murderer, you creep silently through the underbrush. Aha! In the distance, a small cottage with a light on. Hope! You move stealthily toward it, but your leg! Ah! It's caught in a bear trap! you limp into the dark woods blood oozing from your stump leg to the floor, expressionless. You fall to your knees and catch your breath. You're finally safe from Shia LaBeouf. No, what, what, what? Wait, he isn't dead. Shia, surprise, there's a gun to your head. And death in his eyes, but you can do jujitsu. And do it. Body slam, superstar, Shia LaBeouf. Legendary fight with Shia LaBeouf. No one's using life for Shia LaBeouf. His head topples to the floor, expressionless. You fall to your knees and catch your breath. You're finally safe from Shia LaBeouf. Wow. 
Wow. Did it show him clapping? Ah, uh, yeah, it showed him. He's like, Wait, he isn't dead. Try a surprise. There's a gun to your head. And then in his eyes, but you can do jujitsu. You know, I'm going to have this fucking song in my head. It's so funny, now. though. Well, Did it show him clapping at the end? Yeah, it's this this one that I clicked on is like six minutes. Oh, it of, must be looped. Yeah, it, it, he's he's in the audience just sh- uh, in a in a tuxedo clapping at the end. It's fucking yeah. Hilarious. Here's the funny part about this video that all I can think of. First of all, all of these folks that are in this chorus are reading from this from the this nice binder thing each, mm-hmm. and all of them look very professional and they're singing this song and you and i I gotta say when they put this to this choir what was their reaction like i want to know what their reaction was like are we my favorite part is when the paper mache head comes out and none of them look like the pay i'm sorry the paper mache doesn't look like shia labeouf but it's fucking hilarious it's hilarious and then they put his name it you know on the screen behind everybody it's I've never seen this before, but it's fucking hilarious. I love now it. Now you're going to share it to everybody. I, I'm not only going to share it, but it's going to be in my head forever, bro. Yeah. It's going to be in my head forever. So in keeping with the Roll Call Room podcast, and, and you know, we're, we're, we're back now. We're hopefully going to do these every week. My brain was racked, and I was like, you know, what can I do with Logan uh, that would be fun for both of us to participate in? And uh, there were a lot of things that I thought of, and um, one of them in particular, I think we'll do together when we have a little bit more advanced time, which is I think we should do the the Pocky Chip Challenge. What's that? Oh, you got to look it up, my friend. Is that a spicy chip? Yeah, it is. Are you going to send me some spicy stuff? I mean, I'll eat it. It's whatever. Yeah, Yeah, it's going to be funny, bro. It's going to be hilarious. (laughs) But the thing I came up with for us to do is Pictionary without drawing stuff. I, I guess it's not Pictionary. What's the game where you have to describe ever like details of an item without saying the item? What's that called? Oh, there's the catchphrase. Yeah, whatever game it is, like you 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 only have like thirty seconds. You got to rattle off things to try and get the yeah. Other you person. like pass around this little thing. Yeah, and it gives but, you yeah. But this phrase. one, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a whole bunch of like clues, and you gotta name the police equipment that's normally kept inside of a cruiser or in a duty bag. Lord, does that sound like something that you can uh, you can get on board with? We'll give it a shot. Because uh, I have faith that you can that you can do it. All right. So this is what we're gonna do. Oh yeah. Nickelback. Oh, Dude, I was listening to Nickelback today. You know, I, I always get sidetracked. I'm going to get gas the other day, and this pickup truck that's like blowing diesel all over the fucking place, like smoke, is blasting Nickelback. And I'm pumping my gas, and I'm like, mass hardcore. Like, good, good for you, buddy. Good for you. Good. You know, you know they, they somebody told me that they call them butt rock. And I was like, what's butt rock? And they were like, yeah, they play their music on stations that are like, we play nothing but rock all day. So they're a butt rock band. 
But you know what? I'm like, I get it. How many fucking people when these guys came out, they were rocking hit after hit. How many of these oh, dude. people that are haters now? Were I don't care. I love them. them. I fucking listen to them all the time. Between them and Creed. Oh, I just got back into Creed. Uh, yeah, man, they, they rock, dude. I love them. Uh, and 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 uh, what's his name? Scott Stapp's new new band is pretty good too. You should check it so out. So he's not with Creed anymore. No, like it's not a thing. No, they are not getting back together anytime soon, my friend. Uh, uh, well, I remember when I first started taking guitar lessons, I learned uh, it was the higher. Oh yeah, I learned what how to play that. My song, guitar bro. teacher was teaching me that because he liked Mark Tremonti. Yeah, who was the guitar player. Um. What a good fucking, what a good band. All right. All right. We're going to do the first one. Okay. So I'm going to name off some things and you have to name the item that I'm speaking of. You ready? Okay. All right. I'm ready. Moist. <laughs> um, clean up. Uh, sweat. Um, oh, like um, smells good. What do they call it? Like it's not hand sanitizer, but it's like moist. Clorox wipes. Very good. Good job. Or something like it. Yes, I had baby wipes, but Clorox. Oh, wipes baby wipes. Was, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. And if you don't have baby wipes in your duty bag, get some because they're yeah. a fucking lifesaver. Okay. Um, plastic. Um, safety goggles. No, very, very close. No, not even, not even close. Um, plastic taser. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> plastic makes a clicking sound. Um, hands. Zip, um, zip cups. Boom! You got it. Good job. Uh, Those are really nice to have. Just I, one good set. I always had one or two looped in my gear bag on yeah. the strap. Uh, they come in handy, especially if you're doing mass arrest. Yeah. Um, uh, itch. Itchy. Um, Foot powder. Um, scratch. Um, scratch bite. Uh, um, oh, like uh, a bug spray. Boom! Got it. Dryer sheets work really well too. Do they? Yeah, you rub dryer sheets on your skin. I never heard of that. Oh, yeah. Wow. All right. I worked in the county. We we used to go back into the into the deep woods. Oh. So well, we would do anything. I worked in the city. Um, we didn't have a lot of woods. You didn't have mosquitoes the size of your fist. We had mosquitoes, but. I mean, nothing that off couldn't handle. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one. Um, annoying commander. Um, headache. <laughs> um, I do uh, not want this this in my car. <laughs> um, take two. Um, Aspirin. Very good. <laughs> um, Tylenol, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, oxycodone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, look your best. Um, a tie? No. Uh, shoe shine? Oh, how the hell did you get that? Shoe polish. Because pe 
that is always something that people say, oh, you got to shine your boots. Look your best. Tell yeah. you. Was... We, well, see, I came from a, the last PD that I was at. We could wear like tennis shoes. We really? didn't have to have shinable shoes. You're yeah. lucky, dude. Um, it was nice. But the PD before that, when I was on the sheriff's office, we had to have shinable boots. We had to have shine, but nobody ever fucking checked it. Uh, this may be old school, but you ser seriously should get one of these uh, crime scene evidence. Crime scene tape? Evidence. Uh, document. Uh, like a, um, a scene log? No. Um, magnifying glass. What the fuck is this? Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, <laughs> hey, we're gonna get them, you see? <laughs> that's, that is not Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> um Sounds more like Dick Tracy. Take some memory card. Oh, a camera. Very good. Oh, okay. Very good. Yeah. Even though you have one on your phone, you need to be cautious about taking pictures on your phone uh, i was always told that but i i don't near the it. end like because the camera would always die yeah so i'm like screw screw it i'll just take a couple of pictures email them to myself and delete them if hillary clinton can get away with that i can too uh, can she uh all right last one because you're doing really really well on these um decomposing body uh nose plug Close. Or something to put it. Oh, oh, uh, like Vic Sav. Yep. Vic Vapor Rub. You got Vapor it. Vapor Rub. Yep. Damn. You did good, buddy. You did good. I'm older than I look. <laughs> All right. Well, I think, uh, I think we did. I never really had a problem with that with dead bodies. I've had a like, lot of I, stinky ones, man. I, oh, I had some stinky ones. What I'm saying is, is that I can shut off the inside of my nose. Oh, and just breathe through me. my mouth. I'll tell you the only time that I've ever um, barfed on the job was never wasn't even a DOA, even the worst uh, decomposing one. It was when I was in field training. My my field trainer uh, decided to be an asshole, and we arrested a homeless guy for trespassing. Oh. And we went into the holdings, the holding area where they come and they search them. And this guy easily hadn't taken a shower in like a month. And, I think I know this story. Yeah, dude. And they took his shoes off. I was fine with like the shirt and the BO and everything. They took his shirt, his shoes off. And when they took his sock off, it just, it like, it bursted into, into like little particles and I could see the particles slowly coming <laughs> towards my face. And then I smelled it. Like I smelled his foot. Done, bro. I <laughs> I just the uh the fucking super big bite from 7-Eleven was like all <laughs> over the fucking place, man. It was the only time I have ever I've ever thrown up. And I've been on some horrific fucking crime scenes. Looked like somebody hit the bottom of a, a foot powder bottle and it just sprayed everywhere. It was like in slow motion too. Like <laughs> the deputy like started at like his ankles where where the socks still had elastic to it. Oh. And then as soon as it went to the heel, it was stuck on the sole. And when he went to pull that thing off, man, the only thing that was keeping that thing on his foot was hope and prayers. Oh. But when he pulled that thing off, 
it was just basically like when he pulled it off, it was a leg warmer. It no longer oh. had the bottom foot part, so it was just in the air, dude. It just disintegrated. It was the oh. most disgusting thing I've ever, uh, I've ever seen in my life, and I never fuck with that that guy again, man. I seen I've seen him. I saw him so many times on the property that I arrested him for. I was like, nope, good bro, you good. PNC will forgive you. Don't worry, they're rich oh. enough. But there uh, was one time when I worked in the jail oh, that yeah. uh, during the summertime, the guys that were on work release would get extra work down at the state fair. Mm. And this old dude, I don't remember his name, but he, I mean, he had to have been 90 pounds and he comes in one night and I'm checking him in. And every time for work release, you have to do the, you know, pull their shorts down and they, they squat and cough, oh, do that. You know, you're not like doing, searches like cavity searches but you know they, they squat a, and cough it's just a like like shit that's in there gets loosened then comes out without yeah. doing a cavity search so this this old boy he pulls his, his shorts down and, and takes them off and then squats down and coughs and i'm not kidding you when i say a peanut with the shell <laughs> oh. fell down to the floor i was like what what is that? <laughs> Where oh. did that come from? And he and he was like, "Oh, I I put it there. I thought it'd be a funny joke." It's oh. <laughs> like I, I don't care if it was a joke no. or not. Pick it up and throw it outside. No, uh, <laughs> a whole shelled peanut. <laughs> oh, it's just nasty, Jesus, dude. <laughs> We're gonna have to do an episode on like worst like scenes i think we did that back oh. in season one but there's just so many to choose from uh but we have to bring this one to a close oh we do yeah it's uh it's been great logan having you on you'll be on again of course glad to be back we're happy to have you everybody be sure to listen to this yeah yeah we'll, we'll, see. we'll see. show some support yeah um, check us out on rollcallroom.com. You can email me at nick at rollcallroom.com. Logan, tell them about your podcast. Where could they find you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can find me over at uh, my show is called Little Hollow Life L I T T L E H O L L O W L I F E. And I'm that on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook as well. And I love your, your videos every morning, They're very inspirational. Uh, if you're looking for uh, a good inspiration every day, definitely check that out. I love them. Thank you. Um, I just yeah, you should try my program. I I certainly will. I think the next episode we're going to talk about health and wellness. Uh, not yeah. the whole episode, but we'll talk about health and wellness. I I talked about it on your show. Like I'm I'm very heavy into that now. Not heavy, but I'm definitely more conscious of my health. You uh, got with, too heavy, and now you're heavily into. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I was a fat fuck. There's no, there's no shadow of <laughs> doubt, bro. Uh, well, now, you lost about ten pounds in the beard. Yeah. Oh, I, you know what's funny is, is I thought you knew how much I lost just this week when you said ten pounds. I was like, how the fuck did you know that? Oh. Uh, but um, so we'll talk about that, folks. Take good care of each other. Uh, reach out to us, and of course, uh, if you need any help or you need anything, please reach out to somebody. Be safe out there. And we'll see you on the next one.
Sweet, bro. Sweet. Love it. This echo is so annoying. I didn't, you know, I didn't hear it. Um, I hope it's not on the playback. Uh, we'll see. Hold on. I'm going to see. I don't even know how. Because well, it, it's I'll obnoxious. It later. Um, I'm going to try and get this bad boy out for tomorrow morning. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I'm going to try. Well, buddy, I appreciate you being on. Uh, we'll do this again, um, depending on what happens next week. Uh, I got a heavy travel week next week, but we'll we'll see if you're free. Okay. Yeah, and, I'm typically open Mondays. Okay. Yeah, those are a good day for me because uh, usually I'm home Monday and Fridays, and then I travel like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, okay. But uh, I'll let Do you want to help the Roll Call Room podcast keep going? Of course you do. Join Patreon and pledge to the show each month. Tiers start at $5 and you can get some pretty cool shit with it, including swag and access to listen to episode clips early. So put that Starbucks coffee down and help my dad keep the show going. Don't be a fucking Steve. Go to rollcallroom.com to pledge today.